This is the life manual for 20-somethinghood, where we dive into the uncharted waters of post-college life. Because let's be honest, college left a few chapters out. Regardless isn't just a word here. It's a mindset that sparks a growth journey. As your host, Skylar Sorkin, my mission is to arm our generation with community, competence, clarity, and confidence, empowering you to seize control of your own life's steering wheel. This podcast is the compass for 20-somethings navigating the complexities of adulthood. Don't just listen, evolve with us. Your future self will thank you. Regardless, you've got this. This podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. The podcast is not intended or in substitute for a licensed therapist, physician, or professional life coach. Okay, let's do it. Welcome back to Regardless, the Life Manual for 20-somethinghood because college never quite covered it. I'm Skylar Sorkin. I'm your host. And here we are diving through the uncharted territories of our 20s. I am beyond excited to introduce a very, very special guest today, Shalina Brown. I'm so thrilled to introduce you. She is a visionary leader and advocate for justice. From a passionate public defender to a respected Superior Court judge in Santa Clara County, Shalina's two-decade career is marked by unwavering commitment and impact. Armed with a Juris Doctorate from Santa Clara University and a degree from Davis, she's not only reshaped the legal narrative, but co-founded the Equality and Social Justice Committee, mentoring the next generation of leaders at San Jose State University. A renowned TEDx speaker and author of Preside, Shalina inspires us to embrace empowerment, pursue justice, and lead with conviction. Welcome to Regardless, Shalina. How are you? It's so wonderful to be here. (laughs) So amazing. Just even, you know, sharing who you are to the world. It's just like your pitch, who you are is so freaking powerful. And the words that embody like how you present yourself and how you explain yourself to the world is top notch. So we have tons to learn from you, even if it's just that. (laughs) Well, I'm excited to be here and share with you this afternoon. Awesome. Well, I want to kick things off. I know a significant aspect of your work, Shalina, revolves around the concept of stewardship. What does this word mean to you? How do you define stewardship in your life? I love it. Stewardship is such an important concept for me. It's it's a principle, right? The principle of stewardship is really that if you pay attention, and I use the word preside because I was a judge, Mm -hmm. if you preside over and focus on the things that you are supposed to focus on, you'll be abundant in that area. But if you don't preside or if you don't focus and pay attention to the things that are important to you, you'll suffer lack. I mean, we know this when we talk about our money. If you're a good steward over your money, you have a lot of, you can have money. And it's the same thing with our thoughts, our mindset, our heart set, our skill set. Anything you preside over, you'll experience abundance. So stewardship is the main principle and guiding uh, guiding light for me. Mm, I love that. I almost think of like a captain who is in control of his boat and exactly. he always knows where he's going or he or she has his eyes on the waves ahead. And I would love to understand a little bit more of like your definition of preside. 
All right. So preside is the name of my book. And preside yeah. is, is what judges do. When you are seated on that bench, you may, it, things that happen in the courtroom may not be your fault, but you are responsible for everything as the judge, mm. you're responsible for the jury, for the litigants, for emotional, you're responsible. So presiding means to put all of your energy and all of your focus to preside over the things that are in your jurisdiction. I don't worry about things happening outside of the courtroom or outside of my life that I can't control. I just deal with what in, what's in front of me and I take responsibility, radical responsibility for Shalina and everything that she thinks, she says, she does, or she does not do. So presiding is really about that radical responsibility. Mm, I love that. Knowing that you know you do have control over your emotions, over the things that you react to and, you know, ultimately your reality. So I love this word um, and concept of stewardship. I think it's also really interesting because especially when we have fears, I think within my career, especially being 20 something, there's a lot of fear around, you know, whether or not I'm going to be successful doing what I'm doing, not sure if I'm on the right path to become successful. So I find myself at some points where instead of like showing up and doing the things, I will still make myself do them regardless. But I notice fear showing up and being like, well, if I ignore that, then quote unquote, it's not really happening. Right. And we all do that. But if you don't preside over your fear, it will grow. It will get bigger and bigger. Right. So you have to preside even over the fear. And the way that I like to do that is when I'm afraid of something, and that's been a lot lately, even in my, you know, mm-hmm. as I'm older, there's still fears that are going to come up. Focus on the outcome that you want. Don't mm-hmm. focus on the outcome that you don't want. That's worrying, right? That's focus mm-hmm. in the wrong direction. But if you can focus on the outcome that you want, that's how you preside over your fear. You have to face it. You can't ignore it. You've got to face it, look it in the eye. And sometimes you just have to put it on like a backpack and let it go with you because you've got to go, right? So it's going to come up. Sorry to tell you, it's going to come up again and again, but you can preside over it. You can. I love that. I think it's really similar to a statement that I remind myself of. I think as humans, we constantly go to the fear. We constantly feed that fear. So, you know, we always say, well, what if it doesn't work out? And then the fear starts to build upon itself, almost turning into a domino effect When in reality, we totally have the power to shift that. We can go to, well, what if it does work out? What What if if I hop on this pitch and I freaking kill it? (laughs) Absolutely. Because think about it. What what you don't want to come true and what you want to, neither of those things are real yet, but you can focus on the thing that you want to create, the reality Mm. you want to create. I heard you say that. I agree. Beautiful. Shalina, do you mind sharing like any aha moment or pivotal moment when this concept of stewardship became particularly relevant in your life? I would love to share that. Yeah. It's, a, it's actually a really great story because at the time I was a judge and I was presiding over this very serious homicide and lives were at stake. It was very serious and I'm listening to the witnesses and I'm paying attention to the jury and I'm, you know, I'm doing what I do as a judge. I'm paying attention to everything. And there was a lull in the proceedings. And I just thought to myself, I feel so confident when I'm seated here 
in my robe. I feel like I know what I'm doing. I feel like decisions are easy. I feel like I'm in charge. I feel powerful. And I thought to myself, but my life outside of this courtroom, it's, it kind of sucked at the time. You know, my love life was awful. People, my friends were walking all over me and I was allowing it. And I thought to myself, if I can preside here, what is making me believe that I cannot preside in my personal life? And so I began to study and take these principles from being a judge and applying them to my life. And can I tell you, my life has not been the same since I decided to preside over my personal life, just like I did as a judge. Mm, That's super powerful. I think because when we identify with a certain career or role, that kind of becomes us, I would say like in every area of our lives. But I think we forget that the same principles that we use within our career are absolutely applicable to our personal, spiritual, and like wellness lives. Like, I mean, if we're working so hard within our career, you can work that hard in other aspects of your life and magic will happen. Absolutely. So I was presiding in the courtroom, but I was a spectator in my life, just Mm. allowing life to happen to me. And instead of being a steward, I was a spectator. And so now my only job is to go around turning spectators into stewards in every Mm. area of their lives, because I know exactly what that feels like to feel like life is happening to you when life is really happening for you. Mm. Yeah, I think this plays largely into being kind of a victim and stuck in victimhood land. Very much so, yes. Do you want to speak a little bit more to that? I would love yeah. to. So, you know, as And I learned this in my personal life, but I noticed it when I was a judge. People come before you who are charged with something. And you know, you can tell when people are in that victim state. He made me do it. She made me do it. I can't, you know, and it's that victimhood. But when someone decides that they are no longer going to be a victim and they're going to take responsibility and preside, that's the only way that you're going to get out of victimhood is to take responsibility. We can blame our parents and the economy and society and the government. And not that they're not horrible sometimes, right? But the The point is how you show up, you've got to take responsibility for it. And that's the only way you can break the victimhood cycle is by taking that responsibility and being and and showing up the way you know that you can, the way you know you are called to be. We all know it deep inside. We just have to listen to that voice and follow it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's on us to create change and we can't rely on anyone else to do the shit for us. Who's coming so, to save us? No one. No one's coming to save you. So put on that cape and be your own superhero. Save yourself. Mm. I'd love to talk a little bit more by what you mean by radical responsibility. Obviously, we all know what responsibility means, but I really love the word that you place in front of it. And I'd love to understand your connection to that. Yeah. It, the reason I say that it's radical be, is because there are things that may not be your fault. Like there may have been trauma that you've experienced as a child or as an adult. Um, There might be things that you are just not responsible for, right? There, as a child, nothing is your fault, right? And so there are times when I hear people say, but this happened to me or my mom or my dad or this. And I lovingly say, it is not your fault, but it is your responsibility to preside over your healing. That is radical. Healing's Mm. not going to just come to you, you've got to seek it out and you've got to work at it. 
right? Mm-hmm. So that's why it's radical because people think responsibility is only about the things that are your fault. But there are so many things in your life that are not going to be your fault at all and shouldn't have happened. But you've got some choices to make and you can stay where you are or you can decide I'm going to be radical about my healing and my responses from here on out. And you can do it. I've done it and and you absolutely can do it. So it's a radical concept that you are responsible for your healing. Mm, I love that. It kind of reminds me of instead of, you know, there's like this happened, but thinking and there's this happened and, and I think the and opens a person up to knowing that they have the power to change. I also am a huge visual person and I was on Instagram the other day and scrolling and there's some account that I follow. It's like visual hustles or I can't remember the name, but it showed a picture of a person and there was like this string that was like all crazy wrapped around in red. Mm -hmm. And then out of the red, the person was walking and it was like a blue line that was straight. And it was Mm -hmm. talking about like you have the power to create the day that you want to create. Like we are all suffering. We are all working on shit. We were all not, you know, raised in perfect environments. Shit happens, but it's like, what are you going to do with that? Yeah. And I love the way you said that you have the power. No one else can preside for you and no one else has the power to cut that victimhood Mm -hmm. and make that strong, empowered step forward. Only you, you are the only one who can do it and you have the power to do it. Mm. Thank you. This is really interesting topic because in our 20s, I mean, as of any age, but knowing 20-year-olds, you know, we're, we're a little bit younger on planet Earth. And so making huge decisions, this is like kind of our first time to make these huge, massive decisions in our career, in our relationships. It can be very daunting. And I, I noticed that there's a lot of fear in my life wrapped around making the wrong choices. Mm-hmm. And there may not even be such a thing as wrong, but to us, it may be scary, intimidating, challenging, maybe the wrong path that will make less money or the wrong person. So what advice do you have, Shalina, for 20-somethings on navigating this type of fear and making decisions from a place of empowered stewardship and radical responsibility? I love this question. And I use this, this is a tool that I use. I wish I had it in my twenties, but I'm going to share it with you. And I use it even today uh, when I'm, when I'm faced with a tough decision. And the first question is, if it's a big decision, does this align with my values? Mm. There might be a lot of money being thrown around or a lot of fun and excitement. Does this align with my values? So that's going to cause you all to number one, discern what your values are. So does this decision align with my values? Does this decision align with my purpose? It might be a really great thing that my my number one value is service and it might align with that, but does it align with my purpose? And the last thing I ask myself, does this decision, this thing that I'm thinking of align with my lifestyle? Because I'm always thinking about the lifestyle that I choose to create. So when I retired, I'll give you an example. I had an opportunity to work with this amazing organization for an amazing amount of money, but I was retiring. They aligned mm-hmm. with my values of service. They aligned with my purpose. But the lifestyle that I wanted is I wanted to go out and be an entrepreneur and an author. Mm-hmm. And they were the job was a bit constraining, so it didn't align with my lifestyle. And so I made the decision not to pursue it. Scary. But Mm. when I can answer those questions and I can step boldly into my decision 
that I that I stick with. But here's the thing. I don't think that you really make a bad choice. Yeah. You can't make a bad choice. I mean, it might look bad in the moment, but all things are always working out for you, right? So even if it might look like a bad decision today, if you look back a couple years later, it's like that, you know what? Mm. That actually worked out for me. That breakup was so painful, but you know what? Now I'm with the right person or now I have the right it's always working out for you guys. Don't be fearful. Make your decisions because if you don't, someone else will make your decisions and you definitely don't want that. That's such a great point. Yeah. I mean, we're at this point where, you know, we can look to our parents or to friends for advice on what they would do. But I think it's also important to recognize that this is your life and you get to make these decisions for you and only you will know what's ultimately best for you. Trust yourself. Yeah. The trusting part is that is it's hard. I feel like that's a muscle for sure. It is definitely a muscle, but trust your instincts because if you're doing what everyone else is doing, it may not be right for you. So Mm. trust, trust your gut, trust your instincts. Definitely get advice if you need to. Wise counsel is always Mm. great. But at the end of the day, sit with yourself and be quiet and and think and, and just listen to that small voice about yes or no, or maybe not now. Mm. Speaking on that as well, I loved what you said about reaching out to people like a circle for, you know, maybe double checking or asking maybe what they would do or get more information. I mean, sometimes, you know, you're not seeing the full picture about yourself and people can speak to your talents and what may seem in alignment and that can be super, super helpful. So I'm always 100% for having your own, like I like to call it board of directors, where you have a mentor in like every single aspect of life, whether it's career, relationship, spiritual, wellness, lifestyle, whatever you name it, that is super important. And I think I have a question for you, Shalina, on how you think stewardship empowers individuals to, yes, trust their instincts while still valuing external guidance? Like what does that sort of dance look like? I can, I'll give you the perfect example. Okay. When I was a judge and I had to make a really tough decision and there, and the law was the law, right? There was no right. There was no wrong. It's just, I needed to make a choice. Mm. Both decisions were legally sound. I didn't just sit there and go, Hey, I'm so smart. I'm the judge. I'm just going to make the decision. I would check with my legal research team. I would check with judges that were older and more seasoned than I. I would check with judges who had a completely different perspective than what I had. And then I would sit with all of that. But I, being the steward of that courtroom, had to make that decision. So stewardship absolutely incorporates the board, your board of directors, right? Your mentors, your, your guides. And let me just say this to you. You will always have mentors. I don't care how old you get. You get yeah. <laughs> reach back and become a mentor also, but you always, or at least you always should have uh, a mentor. But yes, stewardship embraces other ideas, but stewardship says, Shalina, you have to make the decision because you are the steward of your life. Mm. How did you handle knowing that you were the steward of your life, but also knowing that your decision had consequences on the people in the room, like other lives? That's a huge responsibility to to take on. It's a huge response because it wasn't, a, it wasn't just about me, right? No, it was no yeah. Lives, right. And so that's when you have to know who you are and you have, it's not, and I, it's not personal. 
right? When you're yeah. making decisions, maybe you have a, a toxic relationship and it's, it's not that you don't want the person around. It's not a personal thing, but you have to make the best decision for what you're presiding over, which is your life. So for me, I had to make the best decision given all of the information that I had to get the best outcome because I didn't own the courtroom. I don't own the law. I'm a steward of it. And my job is to adjudicate, interpret the law and the facts and come to the best result that I can. Now, if I made a mistake, appellate courts were there. That's what yeah. they're there for. Okay. And that's why I say you can't make a mistake because there's always something that will come back to you. Mm. And you so you just I, can't be careful. Super helpful. The fact that you had other courts, um, and my vocabulary is not going to be correct because I'm, I'm not really in this industry, <laughs> but- I, how there was like courts that were backed. Like, how would you explain that? Yeah, there were courts that were there to correct any mistakes that you made. Yes. And I kind of feel like, and I'm going to use the word universe um, because people under, understand that the universe is not trying to beat you up and knock you down. There are things there to help you and to bring you back into alignment. If you happen to get out of alignment, we're human. You're going to make mistakes. You just are. Yeah. But it'll, it'll all come back into alignment. I promise you, it really does. Mm. And even when you do go to the worst case scenario of messing up or making the wrong decision, it's always not that bad. One of my close girlfriends, she taught me the value and power of fear mapping. Have you heard of that? I have. Can you, why don't yes. you explain that? Yes. I love it. It's amazing. I mean, it's not amazing. It's like not the most amazing fun activity to do, but it's been super helpful. Um, what you do is you take your fear and you break it down. So you go to the worst case scenario after worst case scenario. So for example, random, random example, let's say you lose your job. Okay. So you're fired. Okay. I'm not making any more income, so I can't afford my apartment. Okay. What would happen after that? Worst case scenario, I would move in with my parents, not the worst case scenario. Then I would look for other jobs, save up money. So you keep on going down the funnel of worst case scenario and you realize that typically you are you are safe. You have other options right. and it's not survival or like death because our brains will immediately go to that because they're trying to protect us, like going to immediately fight or flight. Exactly. And I would I would also say as you're breaking it down, I've lived a little bit longer. So I will say nine yes. times out of 10, you never get to the worst case scenario. Mm. It just doesn't happen. Even if we met, it just it just rarely happens that the worst case scenario happens. And like you said, to- even if it does, you're not you're going to be OK. I need to hear that. <laughs> you're you're going to be OK. It's so funny. We get so just the fear builds and builds and builds and builds into this huge storm. Yeah. I, I think of it as, you know, fear and faith are like on these opposite spectrums. Mm-hmm. And it is believing something that is not real faith, or at least it's not real yet. And if it's the fear part, you're just believing that. You're just focusing and building energy around it, right? But if you wow. choose, if you preside and choose to focus on the best case scenario, it eases your anxiety, gives you something to focus on, and you're more likely to create that reality. Mm, and attract it. And attract it. Going back to the topic of victimhood, super interesting. In a culture that I think leans heavily on, why is it always me? I'm always, you know, it's always, always, always me, victimhood thinking. How 
can adopting a stewardship mindset empower 20-somethings and even beyond to break free from this victim mentality and start to take control of their own personal narratives? I love that question because stewardship says, stewardship says, I am in charge of my mindset, my heart set, and my skill set. So whatever is happening around me, that's out of my jurisdiction. I can't deal with it. But what it what I can control, what I can decide and preside over is what I am thinking. The thought, you are not your thoughts. So if you can get stewardship and, and, and get hold of that principle and preside over your thoughts, lots of this will go away for us because we are not our thoughts. You might think I'm stupid, I'm young, I can't. That doesn't mean that's who you are. Just like in a court of law, Skylar, did you know that you can just strike that thought like a judge with a gavel? You can simply go, I'm not smart. You know what? I'm going to strike that thought. So you are being a steward over your mindset and you are being a steward over what you believe. You get to choose what you believe. So you can be a, a steward over your heart set and then you can be a steward over your skill set, meaning that whatever skills you think you don't have and you're not good enough, you can always grow those skills. So there is nothing that comes into your realm, your jurisdiction that you cannot preside over if you start from the inside out instead of trying to preside from the outside in. Does that make sense? Super helpful. What about embracing a stewardship mindset with both success and failures? Like how can we turn setbacks into opportunities for growth and learning on our journey towards radical responsibility? So let's let's talk about our failures yeah. first because we're going to have them. I didn't pass the bar the first time. I tried to become a judge. I didn't get it. I've, I've experienced failures, but you have to decide, am I going to steward this moment? Now, yeah, you can go ahead and feel sorry for yourself, get some ice cream for a day or yeah. so, and just, that's fine, right? Because we have to allow our feelings to come and go, allow, accept, and then just allow them to go. But after that, you have to decide, am I going to preside over this failure? Meaning, am I going to sit here? Or am I going to decide that I'm going to get up, I'm going to dust myself off, I'm going to do some recon, figure out why I failed, and then I'm going to try again, maybe in a different way, maybe at a different time, but I'm going to try again. The only Mm -hmm. difference between a loser and a winner is that the winner got back up that very last time they fell. It's the only difference. So I failed enough to know that if you try one more time and get up, you're going to be amazing. So you have to steward the failures. But can I tell you, you've got to steward your successes as well. Sometimes we lose our success because we don't steward it well. We don't think we're worthy to have it. So we so we lose it. It goes away because we don't manage the relationships. We don't manage the job we, because we don't think we're worthy of it. We don't steward it and we lose it. So we got to steward our successes as much as we steward our failures. That's really interesting question for you on stewarding your successes. In my brain, I see like two different paths. One being I'm so successful that now I'm just not really going to care and not really do like, especially in sales, like I'm just going to stop doing my outreach because I got this huge deal and now I'm comfortable Mm-hmm. Or the other side of success where maybe for more empaths where it's like, I'm not deserving of this, insecurities come up, so you ignore it, you don't celebrate your small wins. Would mm-hmm. you say that both of those exist within the success? 
oh my goodness, yes, I cannot tell you, you get the job, like you said, and, and yeah, then yeah. the skill set that it took you to get there, right? Or you get the good yeah. relationship and then you don't keep up what it took to get the relationship and you lose it. Either you're not managing it well because you're just like, I got it, I got it, I'm the woman, I'm the man, or you don't feel worthy. Either way, you're not stewarding your success and you will lose it. So I love that. Yes, both of those exist. Any advice on on how we can take active actions towards stewarding within successes or failures? Yes. Realize that you are worthy of your successes. Not because you've done anything, not because you've, you are simply worthy because you have breath in your body, right? If you are here and you are breathing, you have a purpose and you have, um, and you, and your success is a birthright. So we often don't steward because we don't feel like we should. Oh my goodness. It was just luck. It was, you know, uh, faith-based. It was just, the, it was just the Lord or it was just whatever it is you think that it is, you still have to steward it and you still have to be worthy of it. And I would also say for, for those, for those failures, yeah. I don't care how amazing you are. You're going to have setbacks. I wouldn't even call them failures. You're going to have setbacks, but turn them into stepping stones. I, I always say this. And I say this in my book that I never lose. I only learn. Mm. I never lose only learn. So I'm going to learn from that setback and I'm going to do things differently the next time. I'm writing this down right now. Okay. <laughs> I really love that. So true. Shalina, what are like, I, I'm just so curious about your career. Like what are the main patterns you're seeing from people in the court in regards to not being able to achieve or tap into their own personal stewardship? Oh my goodness. I mean, I was going to, I I believe the court system exists because people do not steward. And I always okay, tell yeah. young, they're not stewarding. And I always tell people, if you don't steward your time well outside of this jail system, right? Then the court system is happy to steward it for you. We're happy to give you three hots and a cot. We're happy to put you on probation and steward your life. But wouldn't it be better if you decided to steward for yourself and keep us out of it? So Mm. I think the main thing is the victimhood. It's what we see in our neighborhood. It's what we see on TV. It's what people have told us about ourselves that we can or cannot be. You have to take that narrative back and steward it. I was told in high school, I said, I'm going to go and be a lawyer. Oh, it's so, and I, my counselor, what did she say? You're a good student, but maybe you should be a little more reasonable. Your dad's a teacher. Why don't you try that? Nothing wrong with being a teacher, but I wanted to be a lawyer. And no one in my neighborhood looked, and no one who looked like me was a lawyer that I'd ever seen, but it was a dream. Mm. I had to snatch that narrative back from her and steward that every single day from the day she told me that to the day I was licensed as a lawyer. I had to seize that back, that victimhood, take that narrative and make it my own and steward it. And we can do it. I promise you, if I can do that, all of us can do that. Flipping the script, so powerful. Wow, I would just love to be a fly on the wall um, like in your career. I think it's so fascinating. It was, a, it was wonderful and amazing. And you got to see so many different types of people. And yeah. you know, it was, it was an amazing career. Shalina, if you could turn back the clock and share maybe one piece of advice with your 20-something self, what would mm-hmm. it be? I would say trust yourself. Mm-hmm. No one thought you could be a lawyer except for your grandma <laughs> and you. <laughs> trust yourself. 
if you have a dream, if you know, little Skylar had a dream, whatever that is, I would say trust it and go for it. The thing that that you 20 year olds have that that I don't have is you have time and you have energy. Now's the time to take your risks. Now's the time to dream your dreams. Now's the time to do it. Right. When you get older. Yeah, we might have more money, but we've got less time and less energy. So try to find that synergy between time energy and money so that you can do the things that you want to do. So I would say little Shalina, trust yourself, trust your dream and absolutely go for it. Just oh. go for it. If, if you don't get it, then, then what you have an education and you do something else. Yep. What's the worst? Go for it. Go for it. Okay. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going Just for it. Right? You are doing it. Look at you. Love you. <laughs> I know it's so funny because it's so easy to get in your own way and be like, is this really worth it? I'm not seeing traction, all the things that you can tell yourself. But it's like when your gut knows that you're in your purpose, why would you stop? Why would you stop? And I will say that, can I just add this? The thing that I love about your generation is that you all don't need permission the way my generation needed permission. Mm. Back in my, you couldn't write a book unless someone thought you were worthy of it. You couldn't have a, I mean, there were no podcasts, but you couldn't have a show or a radio show unless someone Mm. deemed you to have the right look or the right voice or the right message. You have a phone. You don't need permission from anybody. You can do anything you want. Very true. I mean, you can absolutely do anything. You can create a career that doesn't even exist because the way that technology is and the way society is. So if you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, I don't, no one's ever done this, then maybe you're the first one who's going to do it. I, mm-hmm. I just think that you all are limitless. I, I applaud, you know, what you all have created. And I think it's amazing that you don't have to ask permission for anything. You can just do it. It's super, it's a super interesting concept and it's powerful and amazing and inspiring. And I think at the same time, it's also extremely intimidating because we can do anything that we want to do. And because Mm -hmm. no one is stopping us and because there's a creator economy, people making millions of dollars, just becoming influencers and sharing their thoughts or random videos online. It's like, well, if they're doing it, you can do it. But then, you know, what if, what if we can't, what if it fails? What if we don't know what's truly in purpose? Like there's so many questions and pathways to go down. So that's why I think it's so, it can be challenging at the same time. Yeah. I think what you're saying is so true because the more options there are, right. The more paths you can take. When I was coming up, it was like, you're going to get a trade or you're going to go to college or you're going to be a stay home mom. Like you really didn't have a lot of (laughs) options, but now you can, you can have a trade and be an entrepreneur. You can be like me. You can, you can have a career and leave it all and be an entrepreneur and author, but um, don't let that scare you that you have so many paths. What you do have to do. And I believe this with all my heart is that you have to get quiet and find out what your purpose is. I cannot be Skylar any more than Skylar can be Shalina. You've got to be you. There's too many copycats in this world. You were made unique. No one can do exactly what you do the way you do it. That's why you were created. Find what that is. Find out what that is and do that. And you cannot lose. You cannot fail because you're being authentically who you are. So what is so what cuts down on all of that chatter? Finding out authentically. I would find I would sit down and I would write, what am I good at? 
What do I love to do? What do people call and ask me about? You know, what comes easy to me? And start there and just start thinking about, okay, and you will find something. And, and I say this, if you find something that you love, that is authentically you, you will never work a day. I agree. Like I needed this today. <laughs> My hype woman. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Oh, you're amazing. I cannot believe we're almost at the 40 minute mark. What the heck? Just I'd love up. to, in- it's insane. I'd love to introduce you to syllabus steps And this is a time for us to recap some of the insights shared by our beautiful guest speaker. What actionable steps, Shalina, can 20-somethings take to exercise our agency and stewardship over our own lives? I would say take an assessment. Mm -hmm. Am I presiding over my mindset? Am I letting my thoughts dictate my reality or am I choosing my thoughts to create the reality I want? Assess your, your heart set. What is it that I really believe about myself and about what I can do? Because until you get that straight, you're going to have a hard time. So assess your mindset, your heart set, and your skill set. If there's something that you want to do, can you actually do it? Do you have the skill set? So I would say give yourself an assessment. And I would also say give yourself a break and really sit down and love yourself and and remind yourself that you are uniquely created and there is something in this world uniquely for you. So get quiet and, and find out who your authentic self is, but do that assessment to find out where you really are. That's a great assessment. I think that would be amazing for like a journaling prompt, even having like three different titles, asking three different questions and answering all of those. Yeah, I think so. Um, any like podcasts or books or activities that help you, you know, stay accountable to making sure you're in alignment for, for taking stewardship in your life? Yeah. I always meditate, even if it's five minutes in the morning or evening, and it doesn't have to be this big old thing with candles, just be quiet for five minutes, put on some green music or bring green noise, black noise, white noise, just for a few minutes, just so that you can be quiet with yourself and you're not being bombarded. I always have an accountability partner that I talk with, make sure. Um, I recently got married at, you know, at 53 for the first time. Thank you. I, an area that I didn't preside over until I was like, you know what? I'm not presiding here. And so, you know, we are accountable to one another. And, and um, so that's, that's a beautiful thing, but you do need to have an accountability partner. I am a woman of faith. So I do have a faith practice where I'm quiet daily and, you know, I do my mm-hmm. prayers and my, but I say whatever works for you, find that, that thing that works for you so that you can get quiet and you can get centered. There are a lot, there's a lot of noise out there yeah, yeah. to be able to hear your own voice. You mm-hmm. really need to be able to hear your own voice. Thank you. Last question. It's a little game. Fill in the blank. Regardless of blank, I am blank. Regardless of what is going on around me, I create my reality. Beautiful. Such a powerful one. Honestly, that should be like a daily affirmation and reminder. Yeah. Yeah. Because things are always going to happen, right? It's always going to happen. But are you going to be radically responsible Mm. for you? Mm. Mm. And we have a decision and a choice to make every day to step into Several times a day. Right. Several, right? Yeah. Several times a day. Yes. Oh, yeah. Shalina, thank you 
so much for your time. Uh, what a pleasure. I, this is so beautiful. I feel like this was the gift from the universe. I needed to hear every, every single thing you shared with us today. And I can't wait to help 20-something step into their own responsibility and just know that they have everything they need to create the life of their dreams and they can take action. So it's so inspiring that you're here today. And they've got time and energy to do it. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Regardless. If today's discussion sparked a mindset shift, we want to hear from you. Join the conversation on Instagram and TikTok at Regardless of Pod and share your insights. You can also find me personally at Skylar Sorkin on Instagram. For more transformative content, hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you loved what you heard, leaving a review and sharing with your friends helps us reach even more 20-somethings on their journey. New episodes drop every other Monday of each month on all major podcast audio platforms. Remember, your path is unique, but with Regardless, you're a part of a community navigating this transformative decade together. Until our next exploration, our next life manual, keep evolving, stay confident, and embrace the journey because your future self is eagerly awaiting your growth. Cheers to thriving in our 20s. Stay electric.